When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week, we are diving into Return of the Jedi. Yes, because it's the 40th anniversary. Maybe not on the exact date that this is issued, this episode, but damn close. Damn close. (laughs) It's the big thing at Celebration this year. One of the many big things, uh, honestly. But it's the 40th year. I can't believe Return of the Jedi came out 40 years ago. That is insane to me. Yes. It is a 1983 baby just like me. Oh my god. So it's only a few months older than me. I was going to say, I'm almost 40, so I guess it kind of makes sense. (laughs) Doesn't that just age ya? (laughs) Yeah, but it's a good age. They say you you step into your power in your 40s, so I'm ready. Well, Luke did. Hell yeah. (laughs) You've read my mind. Of course you said that. Did I? Nice. Well, he does. It's great. <laughs> that Return of the Jedi used to be my favorite Star Wars movie, hands down, when I was younger. I watched it over and over and over. Yeah, it's, um, I, I don't know. I, I know Empire Strikes Back is my favorite, but I feel like it's a tie between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi for, like, my fav- my second favorite. I, yeah. I know that's unfair and it doesn't count, but, like... <laughs> The kitschiness of A New Hope, almost, compared with the finesse and kind of silliness with the Ewoks and then... Oh my god, yes. You know, the seriousness with Vader and everything. It's it's like, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to weigh the two. We're introduced to the characters and then we say goodbye to them, or so we thought. Yeah, it's true. It, it's I was just going to say that, that it's interesting to see where we start and where we end, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a hell of a journey that you go on, especially when they made Star Wars, the original movie. Yeah, they weren't sure they were going to get to make any of the other ones. So that was kind of like it had to stand on its own if they never gave them the contract for the following movies. So and I think it does. A New Hope stands on its own. But when for you sure. add the other movies in, oh, my God, Return of the Jedi is just like I really feel like it's way more for kids <laughs> in well, some ways. A- a definite aspect to it where they they had fun with it. They were able to introduce some less heavy <laughs> yeah. items. I'll phrase it as that. Because, I mean, Empire Strikes Back is pretty damn heavy for most of it. It is. It's dark. I think that's why it's my favorite. Because it's it's much more of a... Well, it's psychological, but it, it's also like the, the characters are actually in physical danger like yeah. even Han, you know, with the carbonite. Oh, for sure, yeah. So, well, I mean, oh, one of my favorite scenes of 
Return of the Jedi is Luke's entrance into Jabba's palace. Me too. (laughs) It's so good. It's just like, oh, he's coming to his own and he's a true Jedi or is he? And he's just so good with the little wave of his fingers. Yes, he gets to use his power finally. (laughs) No, it's so good. He's so calm and collected. Yeah. And yet he's still a bit of that boy that we met in A New Hope because he's, you know, he thinks, well, you see him when he comes on screen. He's he's much more advanced than we last saw him. He's mm-hmm. in all black. He's got, you know, he's just looks different, talks different. He's become someone. And yet there's still a little bit of a hint of like unsuredness. Mm-hmm. Is that the word I'm looking for? He's just, he isn't quite sure because his father plants doubt in him anyway. Right. I think a doubt that's been there all along, really. Yeah, and there's that conversation he has with Obi-Wan where he said, like, why didn't you tell me the truth? Why were you lying? And that alone, it's hard to be so sure when you know people have been lying to you, whether or not you want to say it's from a certain point of view. It still feels like you were being misled. That's going to plant doubt also. You know, I I just love this movie. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this this movie has everything. It has furry small forest bears. It has dying creatures named Yoda. It has no, or does it? Because it depends on which version you watch. (laughs) I. I always forget that Disney did that, like kept it in there and I watch it on Disney Plus and I just, I get upset every time. You have to mute it. You just have you to do. mute it. <laughs> it really takes you out of that moment, which is such it really an does. important moment. That's what I wish I had a way to watch my VHS tapes because they are. Yeah, I know. They're the edition I love. Yes, same. Where nothing is touched. <laughs> Yeah, and there's even simple, simple dialogue that got changed for the worse, I think. At the beginning in Jabba's Palace, Han, you know, he's like hanging over the side of the, what are those, the transport, and they're trying to save Lando. And Lando's like, wait, I thought you were blind. right. And they changed it to him trying to like rush. It's okay, I can see a lot better now. (laughs) And It originally was, it's okay, trust me. Yeah, I remember that. Yes, which is, which is so, so much, much better. Yes, it's so much more Star Wars-y, you know? Yes. I, uh, well, that whole scene, okay, we get Hut Slayer Princess Leia. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, my God. And if anyone's ever read the novel Bloodline, they actually refer to her in the book as Hut Slayer. And this oh, is long after. Awesome. This takes place, and it's really cool to see that you know to have this badass senator, general, and hut slayer. God, she has to do it in a bikini, too. and she did it. And I respect the hell out of Carrie for even having to deal with that. Seriously, put that thing on and prance around. And I know, I know, I get it. She looked great. She was. Well, they sent her to fat camp, which I just they did cannot wrap my brain around. I, they did that, that is such a sign of. The, the times, times, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Ugh. poor Carrie is a small person anyway. It's not like... Seriously, she's petite. She had like those little girlish chubby cheeks. I don't even want to say chubby. She had like soft cheeks in A New Hope because she yeah. was young. She was like, what, 19? Yeah. Maybe? A teenager, and, for sure. Yeah, yes. for sure. And, and then, you know, they're all kind of getting 
older, quote unquote. <laughs> but like, it's not like that woman was ever not going to look good in a bikini, yeah, metal seriously. or otherwise. <laughs> but one I... of my favorite photos is of her and Mark Hamill with that flower kimono top, <laughs> that, that blouse yes. in the desert. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> Oh my god, some of the behind the scenes photos of them together is yes. just so good. There's even one, I've seen like a gift set of them laying on Jabba, basically, in between takes. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice prop. And they're making each other laugh like so hard that they almost have tears in their eyes. It's such a great set of images to see. I just they're... love the original trilogy trio. They're my favorite. I know, they're so good together. And they really... Like, even with Lando, Lando has to be in there because he oh, yeah. comes through in the end. What a hero. What a what a hero's saga, you know? It's, <laughs> it's so great. And, yeah, there's silly parts. And I just I just take it all for what it is. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I really do think it was meant a little bit more for kids. With the Jabba's Palace and then the Ewoks, it seems a little more kid-friendly. But the stuff that's going on with Luke is definitely much darker. Which is great. Yeah, it was. It's so good. Oh my it, god! It's so our good. favorite quote, you and I's favorite quote, comes from this movie when yep. he flings that lightsaber and says, "Never, I'll never <laughs> turn to the dark side." <laughs> it's my alarm. It <laughs> is your phone. alarm. <laughs> <laughs> if I hear that go off when we're at celebration, I'm just gonna wake up laughing. <laughs> Because we haven't gone to celebration yet. If you have to set an alarm, it's nice to have it be Luke Skywalker's voice. I have no problem Absolutely. with that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Waking up to Mark Hamill's dulcet tones. <laughs> dulcet tones. <laughs> he would appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, obvi- obviously, Luke is the highlight of this movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Second only to mm-hmm. Vader, in my opinion. Yeah, it feels kind of like Leia in particular kind of got pushed a little. I guess she's important with the Ewoks, but still, like, not doing anything necessarily. She found them. Well, she she very much reminds me of Padme because Padme had that gentleness and that kindness that she does show towards the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. You know, she tries to befriend them and understand them and not come across as scary. They're a little jumpy. Yeah. You know, and they're shoving their spears and, you know, they're skittish. <laughs> It's so cute, but it's it's cute how she takes her helmet off. She tries to offer food. Doesn't she offer like a meal? Thing? Yeah, like a little like one biscuit, of those little bars. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I see a lot of Padme in that. Yeah, it's true. It's she's very sweet. Is it Wicket? I think his name is Wicket, right? The oh one that, yeah, the the main one. Yes, that Warwick Davies plays. And uh, yes, I, honestly, I love that whole sequence in the forest because. For, like, many reasons. Leia is so sweet. You get to see a different side of her because she's usually yeah. the hard ass, right? Like right. Yes. Keeping people... It's the, like you've mentioned before. She's softened by the end. She's in a dress and her hair is down for the first time ever. And she's finally, like, softened. But I love, uh, like, the sequence with the speeders and Luke yeah. defeating one on foot with his lightsaber. That was so yes. cool. Yes. And of course the ponchos. Yes. Oh the ponchos God. are back and and better than ever in <laughs> Return of the Jedi. 
There's got to be a featured poncho in every episode. Oh, yes. I just love when Han and Luke go back into the forest to try to find Leia, and they get caught by the Ewoks, and Han gets so mad with 3PO and all of the... I love how angry he gets. He, it's so funny. I think that was the real Harrison Ford in that scene. <laughs> you know? I think so, too. A little bit of real Harrison Ford slipped in there. <laughs> yeah. He was as annoyed then as Han Solo as he is now as Harrison Ford towards Star Wars. That's so true. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which I can appreciate. Well, he didn't even want to come back for Return of the Jedi, so oh, I understand. he had to. I, I love everything they do. I love everything they do together. I love him and, and Leia. And, you know, since the book came out, the princess and the scoundrel, she ends up mm-hmm. getting married there. Yeah. Is that the new one? Or is that... Or is that... Or is her gown just inspired by... Andrew? No, I, I think that... I'm pretty sure they get married there. Yes. Which... Isn't there an older book, too? There is. There is. Yes. It's like the... What is it called? Like the courtship of Princess Leia or something like that? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, because I can see the cover. It's an old, like, the cover is kind of like an old romance where she's like dipped, you know, and Han is um, Fabio and (laughs) (laughs) Galactic Fabio. Yeah. Galactic Fabio. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I I think my favorite parts of this whole movie are the interaction interactions between number one luke and leia Mm -hmm. and then luke and vader because yeah nothing tops that final duel i love basically from that moment where he has the conversation with leia in the ewok village Mm -hmm. lit by starlight yes (laughs) with the death star looming (laughs) yeah no no pressure (laughs) Anything with Luke after that is just like, I, I almost will always skip the other stuff in between because his story is so, it's so fun after that because it's not only is it like a duel, but it's also psychological. And I just mm-hmm. love, I love that scene with him and Leia where he's asking her if she remembers her mother. I know. I know. It's one of my favorite moments between them because they get to just talk to each other, you know? And right. there's not a lot of scenes like that in the original star wars movies there's a lot of holding your pain personally but it's the first time luke is like tell me about your mother like what do you remember i i just Mm -hmm. i love that moment and it's lit they both look so beautiful they really do they really do and huh i can't help but think of padme and anakin Mm -hmm. you know and do you think that leia you know of course this came first, and then the prequels happened, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think that she had, like, an imprint of Padme, and that's how she remembers her? Or do you think that, like, Bale, I don't know, through talking with Bale, she kind of remembered her mother in a sense, or has... You know how when you talk about someone, then you form, like, a memory, that mm-hmm. even though you don't have a memory of that person? I don't even, I don't even know if I... I'm saying it makes sense, but... Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. You can form an opinion of someone even if you don't have a clear memory. Well, she says that even in the Kenobi show when she's talking to Obi-Wan about her father. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She says she tries to imagine what he'd be like, and... Mm -hmm. Oh, God, that scene where Obi-Wan tells her how she's like, her parents is like one of the most beautiful things ever. I literally instantly started sobbing as soon as Leia's theme started playing. I was lost. (laughs) I have... 
so many goosebumps right now. I completely, <laughs> shame on me, I completely forgot about the Kenobi series. <laughs> Talking about this. I was thinking in movies, right? But not yeah, for sure. Shows, but like, do you think now that we have the Kenobi series that she might have been thinking of that conversation with Ben? Obi-Wan, oh when she was talking to Luke about how she remembered her mother? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, the fact is, Obi-Wan is the first one who held both those children. Yes. yes. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. This is going to, like, be a bit of a side tangent, I guess. Let's but have it. I've heard, I just heard this argument recently about during Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan and Anakin are dueling and they do the force push at each other. Oh, and- Yeah. They're saying Anakin is way stronger than Obi-Wan. And so, like, they really believe that Obi-Wan was trying to do it first and that Anakin just, like, matched him and pushed him away. And I don't think, if you watch it closely, that's not what happens. And I do think that Obi-Wan is strong enough in the Force to kick Anakin's ass twice. (laughs) So, yes, to argue that Anakin is so much stronger than Obi-Wan in the Force, I don't think that's true. I think he's actually incredibly one of the strongest people we've ever seen in star wars with the force and so when the children are born and if they're force sensitive children is it not possible that obi-wan could imprint on that like not necessarily Mm -hmm. himself but like feelings and what he felt about their parents onto the children and somehow i think for sure i think there's a lot of imprinting that went on i honestly do there had to have been not even on purpose just he was so emotional yeah yeah, I don't know. I mean, Anakin, he already thought Anakin was dead at that point, and now Padme's giving birth and dying at the same time. I mean, it's a lot to happen to a person in a short yeah, amount of a, time. You know he was standing there thinking of his best friend and, and, and the loss. Not even just corporeal, but the loss of a friend. And mm-hmm. now the irony of Obi-Wan standing there with his kids in his hand, you know, holding them. Yeah. yeah. How that would have affected anyone. It's just so sad. It's crazy. Well, I love how that ties back into this particular scene. Because otherwise, Leia would never have memories. Of, I know some people no. have said, isn't there a story somewhere, um, a novel or a graphic novel, where Leia goes to Nebu or something and sees, like, uh, a stained glass window or something with her mother? Oh, and she feels the cold? Yeah, she feels something. And it has, like, mm-hmm. a force vision or something like that maybe and i mean that could be i'm a huge fan of that because we know leia was training to be a jedi leia has the force she's just never like learned how to control it yeah Yeah. well she chose not to because of the fear that she would turn into her dad which i mean fair fair enough yeah Yeah, that's a that's a legitimate fear (laughs) yeah it's it's a thing and and leia had a bit of a temper so I could see her being like, well, I don't want it to go anywhere, so I'll just shut it down. I get it. Yeah. yeah. But I know there's the whole thing of, well, how come Vader didn't sense Leia was his daughter in A New mm-hmm. Hope? I don't really know what I think about that. Do you have a thought? I've never really come full circle on a, any kind of theory or anything. I know what people say about this the scene. I think he thought they were, he, he thought Padme was dead. Yeah. And that the children were dead as a result. So I don't think he ever considered that he had family out there in the galaxy. Yeah, it's kind of like if you don't open the door, then you don't have any inkling what's on the other side. But once Luke yeah. and the knowledge that Luke existed opened it, 
then he was receptive to Luke out there. Yeah. And I think when Vader says, ah, a sister, you know, maybe put it together then. I don't know. I yeah. wish he would have known that that was his daughter. I think he would have been proud. I wonder if he knew when he said that he could sense a sister, did he know it was Leia then? Because Well, that's what I mean. Since the door was open, maybe he could search back through yeah. and find maybe a flicker. And then he probably went, oh, shit, I tortured her. Fuck. <laughs> that's Padme's <laughs> daughter I tortured. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I he was... I don't know. He was hell-bent on all, all kinds of things. So maybe he was just too distracted, but... I think Anakin would have been proud is what I'm trying to say. I think that that moment in particular when he feels like it's all tied together, right? Like Obi-Wan, when Luke realizes Leia is his sister, Obi-Wan says, your feelings do you credit, but you need to bury those feelings because they could be used to serve the Emperor. And that's exactly what he was warning him against at the end mm -hmm. of the movie where Vader says, a sister, it's the thing that pushed Luke over the edge of like, ah, sure. <laughs> yes. I'll kill you now. <laughs> to, right. like, to protect Leia, he was willing to go too far. I love Luke. God, that's a little bit of an Anakin in him, though. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. He played the same card on Luke that was played on him. Less nefarious, but same card. Same, yeah. you know, end goal is to yeah. manipulate. <laughs> and Luke was just lucky that he had just a moment where his senses came back to him, you mm -hmm. know? And it was all because when he cuts Vader's arm off, he looks down and he's like, oh, I'm I... repeating history. Yes. And it's great <laughs> because if you, if you follow any meditation, any mindfulness, the first thing is to break to stop the train of thought, to break mm -hmm. the rapid breathing, to stop the train of thoughts, you know, the runaway snowball. Yes, yeah. And, and that is the hardest part. And I can tell you as an anxious person who battles with this, <laughs> to stop, recognize what's happening, take that breath, and then turn away from it, so to speak, yeah. is tremendously difficult. And, he, and Luke did it in, like, one of the most intense hopeless locations mm -hmm. setups the the fucking emperor is right there yeah and then that lends to what you said that you mentioned that luke went in knowing or was okay with the idea that if i die i'm okay if i go into this and i die so be it yeah that I love that about him. This whole, like, the whole final duel That's debate. a real Jedi. Yes. That's a real Jedi. And he he goes knowing either I'm going to die trying or I'm going to save my father. Like, it's one of the two. And right. so the Emperor takes it as arrogance, but really, yeah. he's just not afraid. He's accepted his fate. Ooh, and that gets him good. <laughs> Fuck you, Palpatine. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so good. And the lighting. Oh my god, Leanne. The cinematography. Oh, everything about it. Especially in that moment where Luke has Vader down on the floor and he's like going oh. at him over and over. He yeah. looks insane. <laughs> it's really he's, good. He's filmed from below, so he's at a high mm -hmm. angle, so he looks really powerful, and he's like covered in sweat, and he's like <laughs> Lit, I mean, like he's insane like he's lost his control which he has it's what you 
it okay has anyone seen office space where they beat the living shit out of the fax machine <laughs> yes God, it's I the love same that movie. it's the same uncontrolled rage <laughs> as when <laughs> what's his name michael is beating the living hell out of the fax machine with a ball bat michael bolton <laughs> yes thank you why should I change my name? He's the ass clown. Oh my God, that movie is so good. <laughs> oh, no talent, so ass funny. clown. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Like you finally yes. get him down. Vader is down and he is just letting out all of the repressed anger, rage, his rage for Obi-Wan lying to him, if you want to consider it that. His rage of not knowing and no one telling him and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he just fucking stops. The madness ends. He breaks the cycle of the Skywalker madness for the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's the footnote (laughs) for the time. For the time being. Well, and I think the Emperor has the opposite effect, right? Because he said that after Luke does that, you hear the Emperor, and that's like what shakes Luke free. And he's like, oh, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. And then he throws his lightsaber and he turns around and steps forward. And for the first time, from being lit half dark, half light, he steps forward and his whole face is in the light. And you know that he's made up his mind. It's so good. It's so fucking good. God, I love that. (laughs) It's like real old school filmmaking. Yes, (laughs) it is. I love it. And actually... Another one of my favorite parts of this movie is when Luke is down and Palpatine's giving him all the force lightning and Vader's helmet just turns. You can't see any eyeballs. But you know, he's like, and I have just, I've said it a thousand times on this show, the headcanon that he's thinking there should be a montage of flashbacks similar to when Kenobi had it of baby Luke and baby Leia. When yes. he was holding back the rocks. Oh my god, yes. That's, I love that scene so much. <laughs> like, god. had that been a thing, I bet you it would go in there. Of, like, his time with Padme, his time, you know, the life he wanted, the life he had envisioned, gone, all gone. Mm-hmm. And then there is his son, the only product, besides Leia, but she's not in the scene, the only product of his old life, the only evidence of his love with Padme. It's truly, I mean, I just love everything about it i just love how this ends it's return of the jedi is what it is because of those moments yeah yes absolutely i just love it without it it would just be space bears (laughs) well it is a space war right space space wars (laughs) space wars with bears yes with fuzzy bears it gave us all sorts of things down the line, like Anzellans and Porgs and God, yeah, yes, other miscellaneous, cute and cuddly things. Lothcats. <laughs> I can appreciate them for showing that a world of a different type of species lives, and mm-hmm. it, we got so many more of these scenes later in like Clone Wars, where a small, more primitive, yeah, colony can like defeat a bigger. Yes, and yes. so. I appreciate the door that they then opened for other storylines where, I mean, we saw it in Mandalorian season one where a less than... Like less technology based. Yeah. Just kind of primitive in in a sense compared to what they're up against. 
rallies together. And I, I love that. I actually do. And I love that. Too. And that was the point of the Ewoks. George Lucas said, right. like, the whole point was to show that not even that, like, they were primitive, but that they were closer to nature. And that is yes. powerful. Like, yes. just because someone relies on technology doesn't really mean that they're stronger than you. If you have the will, and mm-hmm. it was it was supposed to show that, like, being closer to nature is actually a very good, powerful thing. And I I'm like 100% that for it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm 100% for it. And I actually, I, I it's like, rebels come in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. And those little Ewoks were rebels. <laughs> they were. Really don't think... That they had any part in this, they they were like the Lerman, mm-hmm. um, in Clone Wars, where they didn't choose a side; they just kind of fell on their lap, and they had to deal with it. And right, that made them rebels. That they're all jumping around, wee, yay! You know, they did it, <laughs> and they brought down those walkers. It's so yeah. herky jerky. In oh, like, I know. Return of the, the Jedi, compared like the stop yeah, motion. <laughs> Yes, the stop motion. I I love it. I appreciate it for what it is. But then you see them in like the clones are riding them in Clone Wars and like. Yes, I know, and they look so cool in Clone Wars. Yeah, uh, and then it's, it's kind of repurposed. They just repurposed everything. The Empire. I, I know they did, and they just took the color out of it, made it all white and gray. Oh, it's a good movie. It's a good movie with a good end, a fitting end. I love the group photo at the end. <laughs> I know they every, do. Everyone's. <laughs> Everybody together, take a group photo by the fire. Not you can Vader's tell fire, but someone <laughs> is like shouting that in the background, and Lando's yeah. like trying to clap, but it's just kind of like, yeah, there's no music. It's, it's great. <laughs> I love it. It's it's yeah. like the full wrap up. It's the happy ending that we need for the closure. You know, like I know we Harrison really Ford had asked to die. He wanted Han to die, and even Mark I Hamill mean, had said, "Wouldn't it have been interesting?" If Luke had turned to the dark side and like after Vader dies, if he put Vader's helmet on, <laughs> it's like, what is this madness? I don't like, approve. I like the happy ending. Could we just have a few moments of happiness in Star Wars? Please, please, for God's sakes, please. It's like Filoni says, you should come away from Star Wars even after the heaviness mm-hmm. with hope. Mm-hmm. That's the real point. So. If ultimately you're not getting back to that point, it's probably not realistic in the Star Wars universe. Although, I don't know what I was going to say. I don't know how Bad Batch or Andor are going to be that hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see where they go. (laughs) Well, we know where Andor goes eventually. Yeah, I know. We're we're about to see... We're going to see Cassian on the upturn now where he gets hopeful and then... We'll just and then yep. stop before yep. the bad stuff. <laughs> at the end of the day, there is hope. Mm-hmm. And there was at the end of Return of the Jedi because we didn't think we'd get any more. And now we're here on this long, arduous road. <laughs> many, many, many years. 40 to be exact. Yeah. From when that, tri- that, that trilogy en- ended and we're still in pain. So good job, Star Wars. <laughs> You're right, though. 40 years ago, that was it. Yeah. There yeah. was there were, like, some novels. Books came out. There were some comic books. But that was it. There wasn't going to be more Star Wars. It's kind of nice to think of it like that. And then again, I'm glad we have what we have. Yeah. 
Luna agrees. <laughs> Luna agrees. <laughs> pardon, pardon me. <laughs> I guess like one of the most important things is that Luke went into that duel mm-hmm. with the intention of not fighting, which is so Qui-Gon Jinn, honestly. <laughs> Actually, you are precisely correct. Yes. Yes. Oh, he skipped a generation. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, it did. <laughs> it's like he was, he might not have been the most trained Jedi or the most developed. I'm talking about Luke right now, but he was the most enlightened to realize mm-hmm. to, to actually defeat the Sith Lord that everyone had been trying to defeat all these years. True. Men- a path of non-resistance as opposed to showing up and kicking his ass. I mean, even Yoda couldn't succeed there. No. And Luke managed to neutralize all of that with his passivity, which gave Anakin the opportunity then, you know, to redeem himself and make the decision he wasn't allowed to make years ago when his mind was full of corrupt, you know, you know, manipulation at the time. So that's ultimately the most important part of Return of the Jedi and the, the like main Jedi lesson is that the most powerful way to fight is to not fight, which yeah. is so Buddhist, right? Like <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it comes full circle from where we started in Star Wars to where we ended it with, with this particular trilogy it has Buddhist elements all through it on purpose. And right. it's, it's really nice because sometimes when you force something and you force, I mean, think about Anakin. He forced, he forced his way into like trying to save Padme and didn't work. He forced his way into trying to be on the, a master, you know, and it didn't work. And he just, he put, you push and push and push and push. And then you just get frustrated and end up being like Vader. You end up turning into Vader. Mm-hmm. And then when you see the other side, the other point of view, the path where you don't put up such a fight and you let it happen and you come at, come at it from with less resistance, like you said, things are allowed to unfold. I think mm-hmm. if Anakin would have just, again, he had so many years of brainwashing, but if he'd have just thought for a second, bigger picture, not so what he wanted, what he needed, what he was trying to do. Yeah. Luke was looking much bigger picture, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you, if you think about a lot of the conversations that Obi-Wan and Anakin have, like especially later in the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan is trying to to say, like, can't control things especially after ahsoka leaves the order right you see like he's saying it was her decision you have to find a way to make peace with it and he knew that anakin was in love with padme and he kept trying to say you like it's natural you feel this way but you're letting it control your behavior and that's Mm -hmm. the problem and Anakin's response was always, how would you feel if you were in my shoes? He was, it's like he couldn't let go because he was so afraid of mm-hmm. letting nature take its course would result in more pain. And it's like having Luke right in his face demonstrating that it worked better against Palpatine, especially. Yeah. Well, Vader wanted to get away from him too. He, it, Vader wanted Luke to help him. Right. And Luke unbeknownst to Luke, did, but not in the way that Vader had envisioned. So again, he was trying to control something. Yes. <laughs> yes. But the thing is, Vader, Anakin, you have to take yourself out of it for five minutes. 
Yeah. Take your own fucking wants and needs out of it and see what happens. Now, you could argue as a soldier of the Republic, he did. But no, because it was always with the blue shadow virus. We need to get there. We have to save Padme. What about Ahsoka at, at Point Rain? We have to get in there and save Ahsoka. It's always about like he wants to save these people, but it's so he doesn't have to feel loss. <laughs> You're so right. Oh, my God. And so for the first time, he took himself out of the picture, saved Luke and created loss, but to him it didn't matter at that point because he, he finally took himself out of the fucking picture. Mm-hmm. And it gave him his self-agency back. You know? It's wonderful. <laughs> I think that th- this is also why I have such a huge problem with The Last Jedi. Because Luke has already learned this lesson, and it it's a very painful lesson. It comes from loss. He has already lost, like, everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why by the end, like, if you're following the hero's journey, which I would love to talk about one day where we actually show, like, Luke's full hero's journey, mm-hmm. it's not wrong that he ran away to an island and hid. That's part of the hero's journey. But the reason he went is wrong. I agree, you, yes. The whole thing about him being afraid of what Kylo was going to turn into and wanting to stop it before it started, that's that's not what the character would have done. The character had learned specific lessons already what we just talked about, if you let it unfold, you don't manipulate fate. You know, fate will just take its course and it will all work out the way it's supposed to. It's right. passivity. He's already learned this lesson. He's already super enlightened. So the fact that that happened really bothers me. Plus, like, they didn't actually resolve that part of the hero's journey correctly either. So if you want to argue that Ryan Johnson was using the hero's journey, he actually didn't do it properly. Well, I also... All of that aside, he would have never killed his own twin sister's son, no matter how bad he was. Just wouldn't happen. A hundred percent. He would never cause that pain to his sister. No. Because he already knows someone can be redeemed because he fucking saw it. So we're back to square one again and I will stop. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) Message received. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like someday I would like to, to, to rip apart. (laughs) The Last Jedi because of the analytical part of it. Not even my like emotional side of it where I was like so excited to see my childhood hero and he was just not the same person. That was disappointing. But really, I'd like to just take a step back and look at it with like a dispassionate lens and explain why it was not a successful. It doesn't like if it's a piece of the pie, like it doesn't actually fit for specific reasons. Like yeah someday maybe (laughs) (laughs) stay tuned (laughs) yeah but anyway return to the jedi (laughs) luke is perfect the end return to the jedi happy 40th all right back by popular demand (laughs) hey we had stopped asking audience questions because we didn't think people really cared but i guess we're wrong (laughs) Uh, yay (laughs) (laughs) so here's our question for you this week listeners what is your favorite part of return of the jedi that's simple just let us know and we will read one of the answers on next week's episode next week's episode oh god (laughs) We'll, we'll be back from celebration and we'll have all the tea to spill and then some I don't know what that's going to entail, 
Because right now, we have not left for celebration yet. I leave tomorrow. Lauren and I leave for London the next day. So yes. by the time you hear this, it will be completed. I will have done the panel to the best of my abilities. Yes. And news will be revealed. We'll be there for it. So join us back here. We'll give you our full experience. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. We appreciate every single one of our patrons and are grateful for your support. Truly, truly, truly. If you'd like to support the podcast and become a patron as well, head over to the Most Things Kenobi Patreon. As always, you can follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need just one place to find all of these, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always.